Hello and welcome to the Eminem podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Mizzy. So Mizzy. You, oh, sorry, introduce yeah. a topic. <laughs> I just got to say, you see, you do get that. I was just like sitting back and waiting. Anyway, um, we're going to talk this week a little bit more about some political stuff. Like we touched on the US election last week. Tracy's coming through one second. <laughs> so this week we're going to talk a little bit more about politics again. Because um, last week we touched a bit on the US election and we know a little bit more about the u.s election now but it's still technically undecided i think there's a president elect projected president elect still technically oh right he has accepted victory but trump hasn't conceded yet so Mm. (laughs) um all to play for potentially yeah because this happened last time with the bush al Gore one because Mm. i'm pretty sure I think that's how he won, like, the media called it for him or something, and then, oh, but Al Gore thought he was going to be president for, like, 70 days until, and then turns out he wasn't. Oh, well, we'll we'll see, but, yeah, fingers crossed, (laughs) toes crossed, Um, everything crossed. But, yeah, we're also going to talk a little bit about the notorious RBG, feminist (laughs) icon, hero of mine. (laughs) Um, and generally a bit about, I guess, how politics is today, the polarisation thing and how we think it needs to be to heal itself, I suppose. Yeah? Yeah. But we'll do the... um... Like, effective political strategy or just... Yeah. Not even strategy, just how politics should maybe conduct itself to actually work. Yeah. (laughs) The politics of getting things done. That's what we'll call yes. this. Mm. But before then, of course, we're going to talk about what we've been watching. And that. <laughs> do you want to go first on that one, Mizzy? I haven't got tons again. What have I been doing? We're actually in lockdown where we should have more time. But if you haven't, like I've watched less. We haven't done, done this less. podcast like that space apart from the last one, though, so I guess it's not that. Yeah, that's true. But there is, there's a couple of things I've watched. Um, so, have you heard about The Queen's Gambit? It's a TV series on Netflix. Yes, it's on my to-watch next mm. list. We'll definitely do, because it's so good. So good. I, I really want to get a chess board now as well. I remember <laughs> I used to play chess with my eldest brother when I was younger, and I was like, oh, four, yeah, I want to get into competitive chess. Four. <laughs> just nerding out a little bit but yeah it is i just i love a good tv series that's set in like the just not our time kind of thing a period (laughs) drama yeah drama i just went a period drama (laughs) i'm I'm fine (laughs) um so yeah i watched i've watched that in like maybe like three four days just whizzed through that it was because delicious like mm. It's just one series, obviously. Yeah, it's a limited new. series, I think. I don't think What's they'll... It means that that's the uh, story complete. Like, they won't do another series. Beautiful. But So mm. how many episodes have we got? I don't remember, to be honest. Because I just... <laughs> it was one big episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like that's the kind of thing normally people would make a film about instead. 
but I always like it better when they do it as a TV series because you can really get into, like, the details of stuff. Mm. There seems to now be, like, two different sorts of... what, And they call them TV series, but pretty much none of them are on actual terrestrial TV. Mm. What does TV stand for? Is terrestrial in there? Terrestrial so. vision or something? Yeah. Anyway, but one seems to be, like, that seven series... I don't know, like, like searching for series. story, more character-based thing, pro- uh, like a surf yeah. or something, or a sitcom, or, yeah, I don't know, something like that. And then this new thing, which I'm highly on board with, are these, like, almost like a strung-out film. Mm. I think it's fantastical. <laughs> but then there are stuff, like, th- there are stuff, there are things like um, Stranger Things that is... Half character based, half plot based. Yeah, I guess the balance do... better. Yeah, that seems to be more like, I suppose, like watching a sequel, but well done. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so that, I don't know, but it, there there seems to be more scope in series now than there ever was, and it's quite an exciting genre. Yeah, mm. but yeah, I've heard a lot about that and definitely want to watch it. Yeah, the, I. It came up as an advert, actually, and I think the first thing it said was, like, you'll find that um, a man will always want to teach you something. And I was like, ooh, girl, I feel that. And I was like, I would like to watch that now. Um, and then also, what's that the girl called? The Anya Taylor-Joy. She is incredible. She's in all sorts of stuff, isn't she? But yeah. she's also one of the most visually just incredible looking people i've ever seen yeah like not and i don't want this to sound rude not like she's a unique looking yeah she doesn't she's not a model as such well she could be because she's like unique and i don't know she just it's her eyes like she has like yeah like massive eyes yeah because i've seen some of like just the photographs from it and she's just a spectacle that's it's like really weird for a person to be yeah that i don't know she she astounds me yeah. in so many ways it's also <laughs> got um thomas brody sangster and you know the little kid from love actually as yeah. he will forever oh. be known <laughs> to me do you want to know a fun factoid about this yeah um, factoid that <laughs> yeah still in that from uh, steve Evans. right uh, don't tell him come on missy Sorry. get you <laughs> i was just like radio two generally <laughs> <laughs> that in the film um love actually him and Kira Knightley, and I, I don't know the exact age, oh, but fuck. it's around yeah. five years difference, if that. Yeah, because she's like 16 or something, and he's like 11, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think maybe she was more like 18, and he's maybe actually a bit older than he looked in it. Yeah, he but, looked like six. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not young. sure actually whether she was 18. I feel like she was, she might have been not an adult yet. Which kind of makes the casting of her mm. very strange in that. Because she's good and she looks older. But then, I don't know, like, is that not yeah, I wonder, sort of inappropriate? Yeah, I just, I wonder if, like, on these sets of things, like, when people cast people like that, I'm like, do they not feel the uncomfortableness? Like, the other actors, like, she gets married in that and has to kiss grown men. Yeah, like, and then not only that, but she's, like... There's a whole thing where she's, she's desired by somebody. Else. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
questionable. But we love Love Actually as well. Yeah. Actually, every time I watch Love Actually, I think it, the <laughs> when you look into like there's so many plot holes in a Richard Curtis film. They're not like they don't stand on their own. I don't know. They stand because people have built stuff around them. Yeah. The the plot that I like from that is and forever will be the Colin Firth. Oh, the Colin Firth one is the Aurelia. worst one. <gasps> Stop I've, it. Whenever that one's on the screen, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get my phone now because I just find that one so boring. That is my <laughs> favourite one. And his knitted jumper. My favourite one is the Laura Linney one. You know... Uh, is she um, the American lady? No, the one she works in the office with Severus Snape, <laughs> Alan Rickman, um, and she is she fancies the other guy in the office. Yeah, she's and American. She has... In it. Oh, is she. I don't know. I know the one you mean. Yeah, her storyline is really good. Mm. And oh, Emma and they play Thompson. like Nora Jones, don't they? When yeah, so oh yeah. <sighs> Actually, I I just did shit a little bit on love actually but there are many points of it that i'm like chef's kiss i think that's everybody's feelings about love actually like we'll forever treasure it but we all know that there are discrepancies in that <laughs> to be had <laughs> right what, what have i watched this oh the only thing i think i've actually watched um and it i don't have you ever seen it but you don't know what i'm talking about yet it is a curious case of benjamin button the curious case of benjamin I button i think i've seen it when i was very young but like i know this, i know the story first time i'd ever seen the film um and it it just sort of it was good and i did enjoy it because it is one of those things where you see lots of different parts of someone like someone's life and it also sort of is that question like whether if you had the knowledge of um like a lifetime when you were young would that make a difference and stuff like that but then it also I don't know I don't feel like I left it with like this renewed sense of like uh like oomph or whatever that you would think a film like that would pack Mm. um and then there was a portion of it which seem to just like be um and spoiler alert um (laughs) brad pitt and kate blanchett just shagging non-stop (laughs) and i was like this is great but like that seemed a bit like they were just playing on the whole brad pitt thing being in it and the like two hot young actors being in it yeah um so i i feel like it was good overall and I did enjoy it. It's a very long film and I feel like the pacing was just a bit like, could have been. Do you know what? Faster. I think there's like a timeliness to those kind of films. Whereas like at the time that they came out, was it early noise? Yeah. That they would have been like, damn, like these, kind of, you know, the kind of film that we would have studied at A-level at, you know what I mean? Like yeah, Saving but- Private Ryan, that kind of stuff. It, like, it's not quite in the same ilk as them, I wouldn't okay. say. It, it just, and I can't quite place why it misses the mark, but it just isn't quite it. But I feel like the stories are whole. But there were parts of it that were really like special and nice. Like I really loved his, him and his mum together. Well, his adopted mum in it, and like 
the older people and seeing uh, New Orleans and there were really good characters in it but somehow just something didn't come together for me mm. and I don't know why but it it you know like you said like that early naughty thing it did have you know so it's retold through the basically his daughter but she doesn't know she's his daughter until later shock um <laughs> reading it from a diary to her dying mother in a hospital and then you go back in time and it's like the notebook or like um yeah. titanic where why were they obsessed with all people retelling stories <laughs> Then, I suppose because she's old then and he was old at the start and at some point we're all old and can't do anything for ourselves, I don't know. But it just, I liked, I I feel like I'm being quite harsh because I did enjoy it and it's good and I feel like it is worth a watch. But I feel like it could be a reimagined today and done a bit better. Yeah. Maybe it would be good in a series, in fact. Yeah, probably. Because um, obviously he's got different stages of his life. But also, him as an old child, kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but then later on, he turns into young, rugged Brad Pitt. <laughs> All is less same. creepy. But I was saying, I was like, let's be real. A lot of women at the time, if I was then, me included, would have gone thinking, ah, get a bit of Mr. Pitt on my screen. And to be honest, he doesn't get young. And attract well, he's attractive as an older man, but he don't get the the Brad Pitt we were searching for until like the last quarter of the film, and then some of that he's like a baby anyway. <laughs> so you're like, if you were going for Brad, you're not really getting it. <laughs> but yeah, that's <laughs> that's my synopsis of A Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I actually don't know what it's called, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, potentially. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, we know I mean. It's on Netflix if you want to watch it. Is it my turn, yeah? Um, yes. That, that was the head nod. <laughs> Sorry. Just our listeners can't see that. <laughs> We've discussed this. <laughs> um, one got oh, kind of a weird recommendation, actually. Okay. I bought a newspaper the other day. Right? Print media? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> not like recommending the specific newspaper that I got the Oxford Times basically um, okay. I just yeah thought, I won't be reading that cause... no because it's not relevant to you but I thought do you know what I want to be a bit more informed in my local area what's going on like mm. that kind of thing and I remember like at home my mum used to get the Driffield and World's Weekly or whatever it is mm. and I used to like reading them just like the little community i don't know it's just nice and i read it page to page and i was like like cover to cover sorry page to page i read all the pages cover to cover i don't know i like how this is what lockdown's done to you read yeah like. i fully turned <laughs> into a bit back. of a granddad like bronte came downstairs and i was wearing you know that fashion trend now of like knitted um wait yeah i have one of those i was wearing that my cup of tea and my newspaper, I was doing the crossword. <laughs> and it was lovely, honestly. And now I think, a bit pricey, honestly. It was like £1.40 for mm. 
like to be fair. Mm, but it was either that or there's another newspaper called the Oxford Mail, but I feel like that's a more tabloidy one because it was only like seventy p. So I was like, oh, I'll get the bloody tabloids. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want. I don't want the. Well, actually, no. For a local newspaper, that would be quite funny. <laughs> like the kind of <laughs> shit slinging that you'd get gossip? in that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, quite like some of the stories are just like a good laugh. Like reading mm. them, like. This doesn't sound like it would be a laugh, but the phrasing of it. There's this one story where it's like this woman, old lady, and the headline was, old lady catches lung cancer. And I was like, what? <laughs> Not funny, obviously, but like on ski trip or something like that. And I was That's like... quite an abrupt way of... Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> she caught... Lung cancer. I was like, that's not how that works. <laughs> like, and so I was like, immediately intrigued. <laughs> so, still, the way they phrased it was not clear. But in hindsight, I'm now realizing what they meant was, old lady catches lung cancer early, whilst on uh, ski trip, as in caught the diagnosis, not early. Oh, like, but they not they got you. Yeah, didn't they? They tricked me, and but yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Um, but also tragic, but, you know. Yes, um, but hopefully she can, can, now she's quite early. Yeah. Things will be better. Yeah. Do you want to know, actually, talking local newspapers, the big headline in the Driffield and World Weekly was Driffield and the World's in second lockdown. And I, <laughs> I read it and I was like, not just yeah, Driffield, we all are. <laughs> like... <laughs> What is got, that? got big inflated ego in the Drills oh. Weekly. Capital of the world though, so you know. <laughs> it's or not just Capital the of the World, it's Capital of the World, but mm. little pun. Everyone when they were up until about the age of let's be real, fifteen. <laughs> I thought it said <laughs> Capital world. of the World Trivial Town. Yeah. But mm. that made me chuckle because Well, it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Explaining comedy, <laughs> it made me laugh because it was funny. It's <laughs> the reason as why as, as things I sometimes you know do. like when you're writing an essay and you're just like trying to get that word count up. <laughs> I laughed because there was humour. Also, local newspaper is where we need to all be at then. Yeah, especially during COVID times, it's a good time to slow down and take in what you've maybe missed. Mm. In your busy Reconnect lives. with mm. the world around you, yeah. Also, nice. speaking of COVID times, I've got a few, like, little lockdown tip things. Um, oh, do you want to slot them in here? Yeah, I do, because... <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> actually, I do. Sorry. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, because what it was, basically... Me and Bronte went around the European and Asian supermarkets... Uh, this weekend, which I know all not of all them. the place, yeah, like the, oh, right. they're not like very big. They're like normal yeah. size shops, so it's like it's not like a massive mm. trek. But um, I know not a lot of places have like loads of those kind of things. And I live in a city, so it's easy for me to have access to those things. But I'm sure there are one or two different shops wherever you live but we so we went around them and we just like were buying like little odd things like it's weird when you go in them because you can't if you don't know the language like we went into a polish shop and everybody who was in there was speaking polish and everything was written in polish and there was a lot of stuff there that you're like i don't even know what that is so it's like 
hard because you're like, I'm not really sure what to buy. But there was like, in this polo shop, there was like a pick and mix section. We were like, oh, well, we'll try some random different sweets that we don't Ooh, know. Yeah. So we got like one each of them. And then we like, um, were doing like a taste test thing of them. And, but yeah, we went around all these different shops and got some, like we got some wine and we got some satsiki. <laughs> we got like all... What? Satsiki. Satsiki. Is that a dip? Yeah. Like the cucumbery uh, yeah. Greek dip thing. Uh, yes, yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I thought it was called Taziki. Is it <laughs> spelled, spelled with a T? Yeah. T-Z, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I've definitely been saying it. Taziki. We all know how you are with spelling and pronouncing words. So. <laughs> Shot through the heart. <laughs> but true. Um, but... Basically, it, it what it felt like, weirdly, was like sort of like being on holiday, and that's what yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> going into all these different like shops of different countries and stuff. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm in Europe. Like when you go into those shops, when you're actually in those countries or whatever. And so it was sort of a nice way to get back that kind of thing where you're sort of traveling in a way, even though you're not like in your get own. Get what you can. <laughs> But I was like, that's really nice, actually, that that's mm. made it, like, exciting to go to those places and try something new. And, mm, yeah, really enjoyed it. I <laughs> would recommend if you could do that. Well, round where I live, mm. we, you sometimes live, um, <laughs> there isn't many that I know of actual shops that are specifically, mm. like, say, Polo Shop, um, like Asian or whatever. However, usually in the supermarkets and in the Morrisons near me, they will have like, you know when they have, um, say, Indian cuisine or something, mm. they'll have the like, the, what are they called? The, you know the branch you all know of that are actually like English iterations of said cuisine. Then they'll usually have like the actual authentic ones. Yeah. Like I know there's some... Definitely some Polish stuff in the um, one near me. I think actually a lot of them, depending on what sort of um, like expat community there is in that area, they cater slightly to that. So yeah. we do have some Polish stuff in that. So there is like scope even in the smaller towns yeah. to get a bit of um, <laughs> your international travelling while you're <laughs> buying your shit your food for the week <laughs> so we're gonna talk now about our actual topic which is politics again do you know i realize we always call it our actual topic so that maybe should be the segment name. <laughs> yeah welcome to the actual topic um yeah well I, I suppose at the moment we're quite um the word could be oversaturated with political content yeah however we're gonna saturate it a little more (laughs) (laughs) do you know i think in a way in the past week or so because i've been oversaturated with content which is not normally what happens to me actually but i feel like i've been responding more to it and actually engaging with stuff and wanting to know more and learn more which has not happened to me for a while (laughs) to be honest Mm. and i'm glad that it's back and that i'm so capable of that because i was getting a bit worried honestly (laughs) (laughs) So while Mizzy's on the role of being able to <laughs> respond to and think, we're going to talk about <laughs> politics. Um, so I made 
ever watched this documentary about Ruth Bader Ginsburg earlier. Um, yeah. Changed my life, personally. I can't yeah. believe I haven't seen it. I know, I can't believe you haven't seen it either. Because you didn't really know much about Ruth Bader Ginsburg at all before, which... Yeah, and I I do feel, in a way... I'm not going to... I'm going to say embarrassed, but I don't fully mean embarrassed. I feel ignorant to the mm. fact that I didn't know about her because she... From watching it, it's unbelievable what an influential Woman, part she yeah. played in the women's rights... In women's rights in America, but then in turn globally yeah i was weeping honestly um well i to me rbg kind of represents this kind of person that we sort of have lost amongst politics now because she she was quite like a reserved shy person really Mm. and um she's like famously known for this kind of the the way that she debates and talks about things is very like respectful and not like the way that we do now, which is just like shit slinging at each other, basically. Where we don't like. <laughs> I love that terminology. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she was on the U.S. Supreme Court, and there was another Supreme Court justice called Justice Scalia, who was like a really conservative justice, and they disagreed like um, pretty much everything on a lot of things and yet they had this really funny great friendship i think it's in the documentary it's been like over yes. a year since i watched it so i can't remember but i think that is in the documentary a bit about um, their dynamic um yeah i, I made a note on that i, I actually made notes <laughs> oh you made <laughs> only a few but. <laughs> um but i think like, that was so lovely to see that you can be from completely opposite political spectrums. And even in your job, where that is, like, the the biggest focus, you know, being on the Supreme Court, where you can and, and be constantly arguing, but then, like, as soon as the work's over or whatever, you can be great friends. And, like, right now, we seem to be in this, like, cultural thing of, like, oh... I could never be in a relationship with somebody who disagreed with me politically or whatever. I couldn't be friends with somebody who didn't align their politics with me. And I understand the sentiment of it, of course, because, like, there are a lot of, like, quite high-tension issues where you're, like, you can't fathom how somebody could be a good person if if they don't align themselves with certain political views or whatever. But... I just think that it's really, it just doesn't help at all. Yeah, I, when watching it, I I was so impressed by their relationship, but I did, I had this struggling in how that can always translate because there are times when if someone is like, I don't know, out, does something outrightly that you don't agree with, Yeah, it would be so hard to be friends with them. And then maybe then the argument there is that you don't necessarily have to be friends with them in the in your personal circle however like in a work environment and you don't always have to be friends with people you work with but it's almost impossible to cooperate yeah with an enemy yeah because it's always attack defense then if you position it like that yeah 
because when you looked at the people Ruth because obviously she was friends with this man because she worked with him that's the only reason why they actually knew each other in the end mm. but the people she did surround herself in her personal life like her husband were very in line with her yeah. actual political views so I think maybe it's not so much you have to be friends with everyone but in some settings like work or well yeah in work say like political leaders there does have to be if not friendship but sometimes friendship a mutual respect yeah and I, I definitely agree with that yeah well because things don't work otherwise yeah literally and that i think that's what we are so lacking in now is any kind of respect and you just you see it from across all across everything like even just down like young and old you immediately put those two camps in separate things because you're like young people's views don't align with old people's views and therefore and they're like getting at each other kind of thing and then there's no there immediately before you even know the topic about what you're discussing if you see the age of a person you you already have ideas about what they're gonna think and you're already thinking about how you're gonna defend yourself against or whatever and that it creates Mm. this really weird dynamic like I don't know how that we've managed to spiral into this kind of situation and also not have any insight into how how we've like got there and how you can get out of it and how Mm. like this sort of like not being able to look at a situation from above and just being looking at it from being in the thick of it kind of thing Mm. is it's it's as if we've all got our guards up to begin with yeah it's not someone else doesn't even have to instigate something that is attacking you already go into a situation thinking you will be attacked because that is the sort of conversations especially around politics and big issues that people seem to go about it there doesn't seem to be any sort of calm discussion anymore it is that everything someone else is saying is an attack on someone else even if it isn't necessarily yeah it's perceived of that perceived as that or it is that and yeah we it, it creates no conversation mm. it just creates resistance and like even within the context of of now with the u.s election so as i'm sure everybody knows um what so biden is the president elect but trump hasn't conceded and um you can see how in the next 70 days whatever before inauguration day how he's gonna well, the things he's going to try and get through while he's still president or whatever are going to be directly damaging to the things that Biden will probably want to do as president. But just the kind of, like, the conversation around and in it all is not going to be respectful in any way. And basically, we were looking at... I sent Emma some things about previous um, presidents. So there's, like, a video of John McCain who ran against Barack Obama and lost... Um, and he's talking to his supporters, like, in his concession speech, and he gives this really, like, eloquent, like, lovely speech about supporting Barack Obama and wanting to cooperate with him and work with him, and even when his supporters are booing, he's, like, telling mm. them to... He just sort of, like... doesn't tell them to shut up or whatever. He just go, yeah. he sort of looks at them, like, listen to me, and basically, like, conveys this thing of being, like, stop being disrespectful. You can't... I've lost, like, and I know that's 
hurtful for all those people who wanted him to win, but this is the situation we're in now. Make the best of it. Don't try and sabotage it because it's not what you wanted. Like, there are things that you can agree on with this person or there are things that you can work with with this person. And, like, same with um, George H.W. Bush when he... Um, when Bill Clinton went against him, he left a letter for Bill Clinton in the office. I'm going to read it because it's not very long. But his writing nice. was shite bag, sir. You I was think? Like, oh, I, was like, I think that's really I nice. I can't understand it. No, I thought it looked nice. Oh, I right. could read it. Well, it says, Dear Bill, when I walked into this office just now, I felt the same sense of wonder and respect that I felt four years ago. I know you will feel that too. I wish you great happiness here. I never felt the loneliness some presidents have described. There will be very tough times made even more difficult by criticism you may not think is fair. I'm not a very good one to give advice, but just don't let the critics discourage you or push you off course. You will be our president when you read this note. I wish you well. I wish your family well. Your success is now our country's success. I'm rooting hard for you. Good luck, George. And I'm like, that that is the kind of message that you should be like working with all the time because you sh- if even if you disagree with somebody there are going to be some things that you can find some common ground with and it's always better to make the best out of the situation than it is to just make it worse obviously like that doesn't yeah. even need to be said I just miss that. Like, I miss that. I'm not even sure we ever existed within a time that properly had that kind of, like, regard for each other. The thing, obviously, that was, like, a um, common theme throughout both of the the speech and that letter is the use of, like, this is our country now. Like, yeah. And that once a race is run, it isn't... Obviously, there are still democrats and there's still republicans and there's still arguments against each other and opposing views but there's one person leading the country and that unity yeah and you're all a part of that country yeah and that that's something that biden said i think in his victory speech he was like he understands that there's a great polarization now and he's like i want everybody i mean this is paraphrasing but i want everybody to remember that um it's like we aren't that Republican and that Democrat, whatever, this day and that day, they're not enemies. They're all Americans. And we are in that sense, you are all the same people. You are all, like, mm. one collective and you're not so different from your neighbour or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I, I, it almost brought me to tears, like, those yeah. letters and that because I feel like we're so far from it. But then... I, do, I worry as well that, like we said in the last um, episode with social media, that I'm not saying Trump at the moment is um, being very... Um, he's, he's not lost gracefully, but I don't know whether it's been made more of a divide through not just social media, but media mm. as a whole as well. Like, would it be a different situation if people weren't sort of feeding into this divide i don't know no i think for sure that like a bit what we talked about last week but social media and mass media i guess 
globalized media is has to take a big responsibility for how politics is now and how how angry people are now because they make you they they're, they specifically want to make you angry like mm. it's almost like things that you probably wouldn't have even been aware of or cared about and i'm not saying like that's a good thing that you're in, informed but i'm like how informed like within realms of truth i'm not sure but i think yeah I, it's a really weird one because objectively we all know that when we're on social media and stuff like we know that not everything that we read see hear whatever is true and yet you can't help but it's sort of like um i don't know just like assimilates into you anyway like what's that word like bias osmosis yeah like you can't (laughs) it it does like that feeling that it that it's trying to build up as much as you try and resist it and whatever it does kind of because I'm saying this now but I get into arguments and debates and stuff where I get probably go far too much based on like emotions and feeling or whatever and I get angry and I get pissed off and it makes me think opinions about the other person that I probably shouldn't think necessarily and if I just if we both or equally it makes me say things that I don't even mean just because I'm annoyed yeah. like that's what's worse it makes you sort of a liar to your own mouth like it kind of yeah I don't know oh do you, oh, do you know what made me laugh actually in this documentary is that her friends were saying R D B or whatever at yeah. the beginning but were like R-B-G? R-G-B? R-B-G. and I was like they were her friends from school and I was like that is me I was like, I just, let us and Emma don't get on. But anyway, in the documentary, I was just so impressed with how she could use very little words, but very thoughtful words without raising a voice to to actually change the opinion of people or to create an un- inarguable truth yeah and would win a case and i thought it was incredible and it really reiterated to me that um because i think sometimes i obviously i i would call myself a feminist but there are times that the media people around me make me feel like feminism is an extremist viewpoint mm which anyway what i'm gonna say is <laughs> um in the way that rgb is that R-B-G. right rbg ruth bader we're getting ginsberg, there yeah. ruth bader ginsberg spoke about it made me realize none of it is extremist because she put it in the plainest simplest calmest terms and even super conservative men who had grown up in an era where they were seen as superior to women um couldn't argue with what she was saying because what they were saying what she was saying was just a truth of humanity and it i think that really put in perspective for me how unshakable my personal feminism should be Mm. in any situation because when you think about it logically there is nothing about feminism at its root that is extreme 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, <laughs> left in air, but I had nothing else to say. <laughs> well, I watched the film on the basis of sex, which is about RBG, and but it's like specifics specifically focuses more on like her at Harvard Law School and then um, the first case she ever did. So the first case she did was um, this one about a man who was a caregiver to his mum and he was unmarried, but basically he needed, he also worked and so he needed um, a carer to come in too. To, and he was basically as a tax deduction um, that women can get to help with caregiving kind of mm-hmm. thing but men couldn't get and so she was like she no law no law firms would hire her and she's like harvard educated like all this stuff like she had yeah, well, top she of was her not class only, yeah she yeah. was in like the group that there's 25 of them picked out and they're at the top of the class yeah. and, so which i was like far <laughs> more than capable and mm-hmm. nobody would hire her like there was simple things that's just like there was one where it's like oh well um this one firm They'd already hired a woman this year, so what would they want with two of them? <laughs> like things yeah. like that. I was like, Christ. Um, and so she was teaching instead, and so she was kind of like surrounded by these young students in the nineteen seventies or whatever. He was obviously like quite active in feminism Peace and, and protesting and stuff. <laughs> like, and and her own daughter at the time was like 15 years old and was also like she skipped off school to go to a Gloria Steinem speech and um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then her husband Marty was a tax lawyer and then he brings this case to her and says about and then she's like sees the opportunity in what that does is that if she can bring this case of that's sex discrimination against a man it can complete. It can reveal what that is for women by doing it through the lens of men, which is was at the time the only way they would listen. And like yeah. they're kind of like genius in that. I'm like, mm. like that that attention to like the small details and like that's where that kind of like um, thought is sort of just doesn't seem there at all anymore. Like that kind of that strategic thought in in politics anyway rather than what it just being this shit slicking thing as i've now <laughs> coined it um and like she she was like how do you make cultural change or whatever and she's like one case at a time and it's that like that that slow sort of tedious boring kind of activism is what actually gets things done and it requires you speaking to people you don't want to speak to and mm. and people who don't agree with you you're not preaching to the choir at this yeah. point you are um trying to i don't know change, change someone's mind yeah. yeah and so yeah like and i'm just like that i just wish there was some more of that and i think there probably there is to an extent but we really need to like refocus things to that area now because otherwise we're just not you're just gonna get far far more divided but also i think now we have some big overarching issues that need to be sorted out pretty fucking quickly like climate Mm. change and stuff um 
that really just requires people coming together from both sides. Like, there's just no way, about, no other way about it. And I just watched this documentary called Kiss the Ground, and it's about um, sustainable agriculture in terms of um, dirt and soil, basically, and how um, that could be one of the quickest, biggest, most effective solutions to... Um, solving climate change rather than just like um having these like um what what do we call them those net net co2 net 2020 things where you're uh, like we're yeah, gonna yeah. reduce carbon emissions and blah 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 they were basically saying it's like that's all well and good one if we can do it and two fast enough and how much and every country agrees or whatever but also that the carbon emissions that are in the air, in the atmosphere, are in the atmosphere. And even if you're saying that you're going to reduce them, you're still putting more up there and yeah. you're not taking it away. And this way, you basically, I am not very good at the science specifics of it. So just I feel watch like the this documentary. Is pr- what, but... um, James, my brother, he's a farmer. I think this is what they do. They don't plow and stuff. So it ends yeah, up... they don't till the ground kind of thing. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and it creates like biodiversity, basically. Yeah. And, yeah, and it, yeah, it holds the carbon in the ground, mm. which but then it like it's like a circle. It recycles back to growing the plants and stuff, but it keeps it not in the atmosphere and takes okay. it and and like you can. It also sort of linked to the David Attenborough thing with rewilding stuff because there was a bit where there's some mm. weird like celebrity cameos in this. It was like Ian Summerholder or something from like that vampire thing. Also, uh, I don't know. yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, and apparently big conservationist, and he went to Africa. Sure, nice, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> and um, met with this guy who who practiced this kind of farming, and where it all been like. Um, to, to show you the visualization between like desertification and then the, this kind of like rewilding stuff and like how it had gone from being barren and dry to like um, grass like up to your hips or whatever and um, and he was like this is how it should look this is how the world should look and it doesn't look like that right now and it's like it should look like that everywhere and and it can look like that everywhere and it's more economically viable for farmers like there was this one who every year so there was like hail every year and he lost a hundred percent of his crops for like three years in a row due to this because he's when again the science of it sort of doesn't sink in that well to me but roughly it was like the when it rains because if your soil can't, your topsoil isn't healthy enough or whatever because of the tilling, then it can't, the water won't go into the ground. It'll sit above and just slide off and flood it mm. kind of thing. And so that is that and it destroys all your crops. And then like the year after there was a drought and couldn't grow anything. So again, like <laughs> four years of not being able to actually farm anything and mm. so then he was like, I need to find how 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 did they do this? Like before we had these big machines and before we had um, pesticides and chemicals and all this kind of stuff, like how did they keep going with it? And so he went and looked back or whatever and, and then found these ways of doing it so that it meant that in the long term, 
he was making far more money anyway because he actually his crops were surviving and stuff which is so it just it seems almost ridiculous at the moment that that's not something you'd think that if it's economically viable that's the only way they're even going to listen because that seems to be the only way they listen i i think um partially it's because it can take a few years to come in yeah but what i was going to say is and this links to the r g b r bg r b g you thought you got it right i hadn't i was thinking about it anyway is that legislation is so important yeah in creating change in all different things because it this way of farming is viable for everyone even if it does take a while but until and it isn't that long um it unless it is made like a legal obligation for farmers to do this by the government you can't trust everyone to do that and i just think in so many different realms of like cultural social change there is a lot of just the government or i don't know people saying yeah of course we agree with this yeah yeah Mm. of course but nothing comes into law nothing gets made so it has to be done like why isn't um single-use plastic literally banned in our country it's not and it could be we're a western country with the capability to do differently than what we're doing but it's not made into law so the government saying yes we're going to change for the environment because we care and those statements are not good enough enough. to change it and as well in terms of other things them agreeing with it just verbally is not enough because even if they do agree with it and there are people agree with it whatever there could be someone who comes along in four years or whenever there's a next election who doesn't agree with that and things can be put well that's precisely what happened in america with they had barack obama who went into the paris climate agreement and then they had trump who took them out like yeah like if it, if it's really something the country should be doing, which you would have hoped that our politicians, whatever way they are leaning, can make the right decisions for a long future. Mm. Because I, the differences in politics and ideology shouldn't be that opposite ends of the spectrum, should it? In terms of things like climate change and stuff like that, we should be generally in the same direction with a little mm. difference in our political in a in our left right wing whatever in like the methods of doing it but not in yeah. the reality of the situation like in the existence of it yeah but basically <laughs> my point being there is without like, the, and this it, it makes me think even as much as um you know, like having conversations with people like our podcast now, we're talking about politics, we're we're trying to dig up the world on here, whatever. Really this is it's fun, it's great to talk about, it's great to start a conversation, but the things that really people care about, it's what's that next step to make it like a legal, actual thing yeah. in our that, that wasn't said very well. In our country though, do you know what I mean? Like that's when you've got to, I guess sign the petitions even if it feels like a stupid thing or write to your mp because yes 
marching, whatever, all this works, but it's when someone, you need someone powerful, unfortunately, um, but in uh, America for a long time, it was thankfully Ruth, (laughs) um, Mm. who can take it into the law courts and make an actual difference to the way the society looks. Yeah, because there's a a significant thing that she says in in this film is... um, she goes out and she sees all of the protesting and stuff, whatever, and, and realizes that the world has changed. But she was like, but the law hasn't, and the law doesn't yeah. reflect that. And he was like, it doesn't matter. Like, they, they can go out and do that, and it helps to an extent. But she was like, none of that matters because it's already changed. Like, it, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter if, if the law doesn't reflect it because yeah. then it doesn't actually change in terms of what gets done. And so that's the same for the feminist movement or whatever in in terms of like people's minds and attitudes might have changed but but that didn't mean that at back then it was like that meant that whilst people's attitude to say like getting an abortion or whatever had changed legally they could not do that still. So mm. it doesn't matter if people think it you can't physically do it if it's not in law. It's the same with climate change. It's the same with so many other things. And that is something that people really disregard. People disregard the law so much in terms of, like, the effectiveness of it, I think. And I understand it, but it needs to be part of the central argument in all of those things now Mm. because there's no other way of keeping making anybody accountable for anything like on a global scale there just isn't do you know what i just thought then one thing that is a shame in law like in actually like the profession of law is the amount of money involved you will have one person say one thing and someone else will say the opposite even if they don't fully believe it because they've been paid tons of money And that's always a worry that so much money is involved with something that in some cases affects the society as a whole, but even smaller than that and arguably just as important can affect people's lives and livelihoods because one person can afford someone to argue better than someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is just a bit of a tangent, but it's a worry when it's it's such an important job, really. Protecting your rights, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) it's almost like it should be free (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) i think that's all i had to say on that topic i just thought that's what i've been sinking my teeth into recently it's also i I think in a a reflection in my own life is that me and like one of my best friends we don't really necessarily politically align ourselves the same but we we also we have quite a, I mean we're friends so we have quite a deep understanding of each other's um, opinions and where they've come from anyway and a respect for that like I would mm. never think anything I wouldn't think badly or or get into that that kind of like petty um, shit slinging argument <laughs> with her because even it doesn't matter how much I disagree or she disagrees with me because there is that kind of like RBG justice scalia like a respect thing there even though we don't always have have we can be from quite opposite spectrum sometimes and Mm. i think that is something that's should be encouraged more 
because yeah. we do change each other's mind quite often as well and I don't know not in most of the conversations I have I'm talking to people whose minds are already mm. aligned with mine so you, it's like to be able to see that kind of like that thing where you actually can see the cog side in somebody's mind and they're thinking mm. about what you're saying as being like different to theirs rather than it just being like oh do you not just think this and yeah I also think this and agree with that and yeah. like that's nice like whatever it's essentially what we do on this I guess yeah. a lot <laughs> but like hmm yeah yeah I I think I um struggle to sometimes see that you can always be friends with someone but they're not ever you don't necessarily have to be best friends or whatever but never interacting with other people who don't never interacting with people who don't share your exact views is a unhealthy um way to live for one because you always think you're right which is not great and also um just yeah isn't how things progress i think maybe our I don't know how to word this properly, but our culture of agreement could be halting change in a world that is essentially in a lot of ways very progressive. And that's weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that documentary, as a closing note, was one of the most fantastical things I've ever watched. And as yeah. a sort of like a visual biography of someone very interesting yeah it was really nice i I don't think i've learned about someone new in that way for a really long time Mm -hmm. and it's it's really nice to see how they've conducted themselves and the inner profession yeah it's it's very cool and from a feminist point of view to see that as a woman like when you see that reflected on screen and you're like yeah I could do that and like that mm. is nice to see yeah because there was there was a one point where like she I think had finished talking in front of I think maybe it was when she was I'm not sure the wording but like inducted into the supreme court and she had just the widest grin and it's like this is her life's work yeah and it was just oh it sends shivers down your spine yeah. <laughs> also it's just a little side note about that her and her husband's relationship the most fabulous beautiful thing like how the way especially given the times he supported Mm. her and like just loved and admired her so much for the things that she represented and believed and stood for i was just like that that also does feel like quite a a lost thing in a way now yeah where our respect for each other generally is has gone like even in in like relationships and stuff i will set off for nothing less than yeah her and marty yeah because it was fabulous Mm. Uh, (laughs) fabulous fabulous um i think we're wrapped up on that one i i think after watching that um definitely as well there is a lot of scope for us to have more chats on feminism Mm. Because I think it ignited something in me in terms of being able to talk about feminism without feeling like I'm defending something once again. Yeah. Um, which is a nice way to go about things because it creates a really, like, an actually helpful and impactful conversation, I think. Yeah. Um, God, one thing yeah. that is frustrating about this RBG thing is that 
who she's been replacing on the Supreme Court. And I'm like, yeah, it's a woman and that's good or whatever. But just how how much their views don't align, align it's it. upsetting. But but she was, so it's, she's called Amy Coney Barrett, I think is the new, the, her replacement. What's everyone with double barrel name? I know. <laughs> cool down. <laughs> um, but she was, she worked under Justice Scalia for a time oh, right. i think like as i don't know apprentice or something i'm not sure what exactly <laughs> but i'm like so i'm hoping hopefully maybe that she will have taken into account like their relationship and some of their their mm. practice and ways of being and that she despite her views being not like what ruth's views are wherever she will have the same attitude that they have where they respected each other and she will respect people on the opposite side and listen to them yeah. i hope i it just the only thing that scares me is that ruth seemed to be the voice of feminism basically which was sort of like it, it it's scary that it, that isn't a widely shared motive in the verse yeah um but i'm hoping there won't be bad ramifications from that yeah <laughs> everything crossed herb 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 yeah yeah herb in my yorkshire accent herb <laughs> yeah sometimes i say things i think oh that was strong <laughs> strong is the word yes strongly strong. brewed yorkshire accent <laughs> yeah right um, that's the tea Ooh, nice um we're wrapping up thank you for listening to today's podcast we will be back next week with something new um yeah yeah see you in the next one (laughs) goodbye bye